cheeky back heel. With ease, Miguel Aziz, his first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. to catch up on after what was a busy previous week with all the new players going out on loan. Some made their debuts. The likes of Nathan Butler Odiehi made his senior debut. Omar Rekik got his first start of the season. A lot to catch up on. A lot to talk about. And I'm just going to get right into it because, you know what? There was a good amount of players who actually didn't get to play this weekend, whether it was Miguel Aziz, who was suspended. Or the two Derby County boys whose under-21s game was postponed. That's Billy Vigor and, and Keto Taylor-Hart. Or Taylor Foran, who didn't get to make his debut yet. So let's get right into our stars, because they're the ones everyone's really here for, let's be honest. Charlie Patino, 60 minutes at a left-center mid position. Obviously, Mick McCarthy, who we spoke about last week, now in charge of Blackpool. Played in a 3-0 loss, and... They just kind of got dominated by Burrow. They just kind of got absolutely dominated all over the pitch. They couldn't get on the ball much. They couldn't get up into the final third. And, and you know, it wasn't Charlie Bettino's best match. But again, I think it's important to realize that he's playing a very different role now for the third time this year under two different managers. And he's the kind of player who likes to be a volume passer. And he wasn't able to do that in this match. He hasn't been able to do that really in the last two matches. 6 of 10 passing, two key passes, completed one cross, completed one of his two long balls. Made two interceptions, won both of his tackles, uh, won three of six ground duels, and, and one of two aerial duels. And as I said, he's playing a little bit of a different role. He's finding himself much further up the pitch. He's being asked to press much further up the pitch. And he did that quite well. He got in the way of some passing lanes. Uh, he was aggressive and helped Blackpool win the ball back high up the pitch. Their best opportunities came from those kinds of situations. And they came from dead ball pieces, uh, set pieces, that often Charlie was taking. He played a lovely free kick in from the right half space that led to a great effort on goal. Played a looping in-swinger over the back line. Header on goal. Goalie got a hand to it. Bounced around for a little bit. Didn't turn into a goal, but a well-played ball in by Charlie. Uh, he played another great dead ball from a corner from the right side that led to a good chance for Blackpool. You know, it's going to take him a few matches, and it's going to take Blackpool a few matches, but they don't necessarily have the time. Uh, they're in a dead race at the bottom of the championship. And, you know, they're a team who, when they brought in Appleton, they really thought they were going to be a good side this year. They started pretty lively, and it's been a tough go of it for them recently. And I think it's going to be tough coming in. They played Huddersfield Town on the weekend, got 2-2 draw uh, midweek. I'm sorry. Charlie sat on the bench for the full 90 against Huddersfield. I do believe there was two things. One, there was a red card that changed the whole plan for Blackpool, and they were chasing the game. So I understand why Charlie didn't come on in that situation. But I also think he's a young player. You don't want him to burn out. It's good for Arsenal for him to rest his legs every once in a while. And I'd expect to see him back in the starting lineup because Mick McCarthy has already said a lot of good things about Charlie and the way he's trained and the way he plays and how comfortable he is in senior football. And, you know, the key is he's... Getting used to the speed of the game. He's learning what it's like to go into a duel and win duels at this level uh, with these kind of physical play. And I, I have to say, I, I think how with everything that shook out in the January transfer window, I'd expect Charlie Patino to be a part of Arsenal's first team next year. I'd expect us to bring in Rice 
potentially another midfielder, depending how the Jorginho situation plays out. Depending how Xhaka finishes the season, you maybe also bring in Casaido if you can, or somebody else who can play in that left center mid. I think McAllister is going to be a big name this summer. Not sure Arsenal are going to spend the cash for a guy who's going to be, you know, Brighton are going to do what Brighton do. They're going to ask for a lot of money for a player who had an excellent World Cup and is very sought after. So I think Charlie Patino is going to naturally fill in and start playing some matches next year for Arsenal's first team. Staying in the championship, Brook Norton Cuffey, obviously at Coventry City now, you know, he has not quite hit the ground running. And it's a little surprising to see because we saw at Lincoln he hit the ground running so fast. We saw it at Rotherham. He immediately made an impact. His physicality, his speed, these are qualities that you can't teach. But Coventry play a little bit more of a complex... They're a bit of more of a complex side. There, there's more tactical ideas that Brooke Norton Cuffey is thinking about that he hasn't necessarily been thinking about at previous clubs. And as I've mentioned already, I believe that's a big reason why he was sent here. I've seen Coventry fans already get a little frustrated with him. I think their poor form, which is not his fault, over the last month has contributed to that. He played 61 minutes against West Brom in a 1-0 loss. Uh, 12 of 18 passing, won both of his tackles, uh, but only 2 of 8 ground duels won, didn't win a single of his 3 aerial duels, and 0 successful dribbles. I think a lot of this is a mix of switching environments a bunch of times now in the past 24 months for a very young player. He's finding his footing in a new system. And you can tell, like, his head is on a swivel. He's looking around, kind of making sure he's in the right places. He's not playing the free football that we love watching Brook Norton Cuffey play. And that's for the best. His best actions so far have been the things we know he's good at on the ball. The left-footed inverted passing. Uh, playing balls into the channel for his strikers, you know, Casey Palmer and Victor Giocaris, to get on the ball in, in attacking positions. What we haven't seen a whole lot of are the gallivanting runs inside. Uh, the excellent balls in from both the half spaces and, and from the wing. He's still an excellent 1v1 defender. He's still winning tackles. He's still not getting dribbled past. And he's actually doing quite well defensively, positionally-wise. And if you remember from 18 months ago when he went to Lincoln, that was my biggest issue. He grew at that a lot at Lincoln. And to me, if he can do all of those things consistently... With his physical attributes and technical ability, the rest is going to come once he feels comfortable. And he's focused on the right things. And overall, uh, I really think this is a great move for him. His confidence doesn't look shook at all. And hopefully the manager backs him to pick up his form a little bit and keep him on the pitch. Because, number one, Coventry need him. They need three points week in and week out at this point if they're going to make this final push for the promotion playoffs. They need exciting players like him. They need the pace down the wing. And... Honestly, I've watched now, I mean, I didn't watch them before Brook Norton Cuffey came in often. I only saw a match here and there, depending on if Rotherham or Blackpool or one of the many other clubs we have you know, loan players at play them. But I wasn't really watching them for them. And I have to say, Brook Norton Cuffey is not the weak link in this side. They've had some major defensive woes. The midfield has looked a little bit sloppy. Giocaris is a little bit out of form from the form he was in that was propelling them to where they are. So... Hopefully the manager backs Brook Norton Cuffey. I back him. I like the move still a lot. I'll get back to in two weeks, three weeks, if I don't feel that way still. But I expect this to turn around. I really do. Speaking of players who were hot and have cooled off a little bit, Bellerin Balagoon, you know, 
Two matches now without a goal this week. Actually think he's looking filled with confidence. In both matches, he shot from positions I've not really seen him shoot for. Remember how I was saying maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, how he was shooting a lot more with his left foot, driving left, something I hadn't seen a whole lot of him doing. Now he's starting to unleash shots from outside the box. He's adding to his repertoire. He's growing as a player in confidence and in stature. The ability is always there. But once you start to score goals, then you start to think you can score goals from here, score, score goals from there, score goals from everywhere. And that's another huge step for a young player taking that step up. He feels he's earned the right to take these shots from there. He feels he's a leader on this team, and, and players will follow suit and believe in him to take those chances. And in both matches, they were absolute bullets of shots that goalies had to make great saves on. Right, but 90 minutes against Augsir in the league in a nil-nil draw, in a match in which... Reams had two goals rolled out by VAR for very narrow decisions. 12 of 19 passing, that one shot on target, uh, I, as I mentioned, from way outside the box. He created two chances, two key passes, a successful dribble, completed his only cross, and won three out of five ground duels. He, not only in this match, tried to score from outside the box, he actually didn't receive the ball a whole lot in, in dangerous areas, but... When he did, he, he nearly got an assist for a teammate setting the ball up really well for him in the box. Goalie made an incredible save off of a well-taken shot. Uh, you know, as I said, he was in tons of space. Didn't really receive the ball the way he has been in the previous matches uh, against what was, you know, very good competition. Augier really grew into this match well and, and dominated portions of it. Flo then played 68 minutes against Tua Louise in what was a crushing 3-1 defeat in the Coupe de France. Their first loss since September. Their first away loss since they lost to Tua Louise in September. Uh, you know, they they looked exhausted. I'm going to be completely honest. They have played a lot of matches almost every three days for the last six weeks. They obviously had to come back against PSG. They had the major comeback uh, against Lorient. They played a really tough nil-nil draw three days earlier. They just looked exhausted. They got beat to every... 50-50 ball. Flo didn't get very much service in the entire match. 10 of 16 passing. One shot on target, which was off of a half volley. Ripped from outside the box that the keeper had to touch over. Uh, successful dribble, and 3 out of 4 ground duels won. Not much else to say about this match. Toulouse just dominated the game. They they were able to score a free goal early on. Uh, they, got, they just were winning balls in dangerous areas and, and making things happen. And that is not what Rems were doing. Reams were doing. And, and I'd expect him to pick it back up next week. Uh, the, the manager is great. The, the team believes in it. I think he'll switch around the 11 a little bit, give some fresh legs on. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think Flo will start, but we've seen already this year, once in a while, Flo will get a rest and maybe get a full 90 minutes off or come in later on in the match, keep him fresh. He's a young kid, has not played you know this level of football for this many games. And, and that's key. That's key to not run somebody's legs into the ground. We, we've seen it too many times with youth players. Moving back to the championship, Omar Rekik, as I mentioned at the top, got his first start this season. He played 55 minutes in a nil-nil draw with Blackburn Rovers. That is more football than he played in the entirety of his time at Sparta Rotterdam. And he was excellent. This is exactly the kind of player Omar Rekik is, the exact kind of player I was talking about in preseason when he made the move to Sparta Rotterdam, the exact kind of player I was expecting week in and week out to eventually get his chance he is so comfortable dribbling out of defense, loads of long diagonals to, you know, he was playing a left center back of a back three, loads of long diagonals to his right back on the wing. 
Balls over the top to a striker, to a winger. Finding a midfielder, breaking the lines. Adventurous but composed in possession. Not everything he does comes off, but as he matures and knows when to make these decisions, he, he's such a dangerous center back to have on the ball. And I think it really, he kind of reminds me of a player in Conte's system. When he who plays at left center back, we saw David Luiz do exceedingly well at it at Chelsea. Uh, we saw, I hate to say this, but... Ben Davies do really well at it the second half of last year at Tottenham under Conte. We've seen Clement Lang Langley at times this season do it there. Uh, I'm just using the examples that people will remember. He can come out of defense. He'll dribble by a player if the player doesn't fully commit to him, and if not, he's comfortable playing a pass with either foot, kind of spraying it around the pitch. He was excellent, excellent, excellent in this match, and I'm very excited to watch him and Aziz play together. As I mentioned, Aziz missed this game due to suspension. By the stats, Rekik was 27 of 36 passing. He had two key passes. He was 2 of 5 on long balls. He had a block, two clearances, an interception, made four recoveries, and won two duels, one ground, one aerial duel. He went on a run in this match where he picked the ball up just inside the attacking half. Realized nobody was coming to pressure him. Dribbled into the final third. Still, a player came to pressure him, but really didn't expect him to keep going. Took two guys on, cut in a little bit on to his right foot, and tried to curl one into the bottom corner that just missed. The more you have center backs who can do these types of things, especially a team like Wigan who are struggling, who need goals, who need points, who need magic, it makes the defense shift a little bit more when you know a center back's comfortable bringing the ball out like that. That means one more man is not going to be in the low block, preventing an attacker from getting into a dangerous area and finding space. These are the types of things Omar Rekik is so, so good at. And it's unfortunate after 55 minutes, he picked up a slight injury. His fitness levels can't possibly be ready to play full 90 minutes at the senior level. He hasn't played in six months. He had a slight injury before the World Cup. The manager said he's hopeful he'll be ready for Saturday's match. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not forced into action. But Omar Rekic, this is exciting. I'm so It's both exciting and frustrating because I think that the Eredivisie would have been an even better league for him, and I think he really could have thrived there and made his market value go through the roof. But I don't know. I think Omar Rekic, there's so much to like about this player, and he's so versatile. I'll be interested to see if long-term, if he makes it at Arsenal, if long-term his position is center back. I'm not sure what else it would be. I'm not sure he's physical enough, dominant enough in duels to play center back for Arteta in such a high line. But he interests me as somebody who could make a shift to right back, similar to Ben White, somebody who's comfortable to dribble out, who can invert, uh, who could potentially learn how to overlap. I don't know. Just thought just came to me right now. But I, I'm really excited about Omar Reki getting these minutes at Wigan. He's going to be in a dogfight in a tough league. It's going to be a great experience. Speaking of dogfights, Accrington Stanley and Nathan Butler Odiehi, Odiehi find themselves in a dogfight at the bottom of League One. Congrats to Nathan on making his full debut, playing 59 minutes in a 3-0 loss to Lincoln. Six of eight passing, a key pass, one is only ground duel, one three of seven aerial duels. Not a lot going on here for Accrington Stanley. Nathan Butler Odiehi only got Odiehi only got on the ball a handful of times in this match. But again, great to see him getting those minutes. 
great to see him making his presence known in the air. He's not a tall player. He's a strong, kind of a low center of gravity type of player. He's an absolute bulldog when it comes to trying to get on the ball. He's always been that way, even when he's playing mostly as a winger a couple seasons ago. Moved to center forward, I think, partially because of that trait. Going to be exciting to see him get his chance. Uh, he was on the bench for the 1-1 draw with Port Vale. Some of the managers kind of switching it up. They had a bunch of strikers out. They brought in two strikers on loan, Nathan being one of them. Figuring out what works best, but I expect to see Nathan back in the side. Uh, he played pretty well in that first match. Right now, Lubiosu struggled a little bit. Prekilmarnock, who are, are just in the dumps at the moment, played 90 minutes and a 3-1 loss to Livingston. 23 of 29 passing. 5 out of 10 ground duels won. Not much else to say here. Other than Kilmarnock dominated possession, but they just, they've been doing this now. Even the match they won a few weeks ago when Alibiosu had his best match maybe of the season, they're just wasteful with their chances. So wasteful. And it's got to be so frustrating. I, I saw Alibiosu get quite frustrated a few times in this match for multiple reasons, but mainly because when he provides the service or when someone provides the service, it goes to waste. Then it's coming back at the defense. The defense is making mistakes. It's not a good situation for them at, at the time, uh, but Albiosu getting minutes. I'd expect next season to be another loan for him. This hasn't gone quite the way I wanted it to. The way it started to go first month of the season, it felt like it could be a Harry Card type thing where next year he gets you know sold or whatever it is. Maybe he goes on loan next year, and it is a Harry Card type thing where he goes on loan for six months and some team realizes we're going to bring him in permanently in January. Uh, but I see his future similar to Harry Clark. Tim Akinola, uh, just recovering from an injury, played final eight minutes in a 1-0 loss to Boreham Wood, and the final 22 minutes in a 3-1 loss to Woking. As I've been saying week in and week out, the fans clamoring for more Tim Akinola. Uh, I think when he's fully fit, he'll be back in the starting lineup because Chesterfield are, are, are were, were doing better a month and a half ago when, when Tim Akinola was playing his best football and playing constantly, getting into the starting lineup. He provides a huge spark for them. He's a huge key to their tactics as a pressing mechanism and as kind of a athletic center midi who can advance play, who, who can be progressive, but also you know win duels and, and be a force in midfield. That's really all of the outfield players who featured. We have Tyrese John Jules still out injured, but back in training maybe this week, end of this week, early next week. Hopefully back in playing before March, which is earlier than expected. Nikolai Moeller, unfortunately, picked up a new injury after returning too quickly from his previous injury. Uh, spoke with some people over there. It feels like he should be back on the pitch soon. Friday might be too soon. Maybe he makes the bench, but I would expect another week out. Mika Beerith still out injured. Not exactly sure what the injury is, but it's not anything too serious. Expect him back in the next couple of weeks. Marcelo Flores on the bench for six straight match without coming on. Uh, Alex Kirk, he actually did play. Played 90 minutes. Sorry, I skipped over him before, but he played 90 minutes in a 2-0 loss to Queens Park in which... His defense partners, both the center back partner and his right back, had really poor matches. Uh, one conceding an own goal, one conceding a penalty. But what excited me about this match for Alex Kirk was he did something that I think is the biggest thing holding him back from being a, a serious, serious prospect. His ability to do, kind of dribble out of defense and, and, and make things happen, line-breaking passes. He did go on a nice run in this match, uh, creating Iyer's best chance of the game for the most part. Uh, so that's a positive to take away there, but, you know, Iyer United's worst match in a while with Alex Kirk in the side, as you heard last week. Mazita Gungbo did not feature in the Gillingham match. He was on the bench. 
Miguel Aziz, as I mentioned, is out due to suspension this past weekend for removing a flare from the pitch. Sure, you've all seen that video. A little ridiculous, but it is what it is. He'll be back. Hope to see him and Recky teaming up. As I mentioned, Taylor Foran on the bench for Hartlepool in his first match. Forgot to say Marquinhos on the bench for Norwich in his first match. Did not feature. And Keto Taylor Hart and Billy Vigor at Derby County's under-21s. That match was postponed. To our goalies, Arthur Aconquo made his debut in competitive matches for Sturm Graz. He made a fabulous, fabulous double save early in the second half. Keep in mind, this was against Red Bull Salzburg, the best team in the league. This is a Champions League side. Excellent, excellent talent all over the pitch. He made a fabulous double save early in the second half, diving one-handed save from a shot going to his far post. He didn't quite clear the danger, but got to his feet fast, covered his near post well, and forced a second save out for a corner kick. He didn't have much else to do uh, until he gave up a little bit of a soft goal late in regulation time. We've spoken about this a lot this year where he struggles for some reason a little bit with shots from long distance, which is a, is an odd thing for, a you know first of all, a goalie of his size and a goalie who's as good as him to struggle with. Uh, it was a long shot from a far way out. It was hit well, low and hard. It was hit with some serious pace, and it was kind of dipping and knuckling a little, kind of maybe was going to bounce on the ground. There were a lot of bodies in the way. I don't think Aconquo quite saw it, uh, and it didn't bounce the way he thought. I think he thought it was kind of skipping off the ground. His gloves were just above the ground, and it slid under his hands. wasn't the easiest saves, but probably a save he should be making. But he then made a great save a few minutes later from point blank range to keep the game all square just before it went to penalties. He guessed the right way on his first penalty, but it was low and hard all the way to the corner. Didn't make the save, but good to see him guessing right and reading an attacker. He saved penalty number four, middle to his right. Not a great pen, but a great save. And the final penalty was skied over the bar. And Sturm Graz won. They advanced in the Austria Cup. I saw some fans giving slack to Aconquo for letting it go to extra time, saying, oh, he only saved one penalty. Whether or not he actually made a save, that's a penalty that he was in goal for that didn't go in. It helped his team win. To me, this is an excellent performance for a young keeper. And Sturm Graz moved on. So if you're a hater, you're a hater. That's all I can say. Ovia Jahiri played his second semi-competitive match in that cup I mentioned, which is really a friendly cup, but the winner gets a bye in the real Finnish cup. A little bit odd. Uh, he played against VPS. I don't know any of these Finnish teams. I'm going to be honest. Uh, 1-3-2, but he did pick up a yellow card. Uh, in the 16th minute, Ovi did just enough in a 1v1 and forced a shot wide to keep a goal out. I'd mentioned he's an amazing 1v1 goalkeeper. Um, came out and... I guess the player kind of rushed his shot, tried to split his legs, and missed just wide. Uh, the first goal came from a fantastic looping header. The first goal, Ovi uh, conceded. Edge of the six, all the way to the far corner. Absolutely no chance for Ejahiri. Uh, he made, then he made a great save from a hard shot from inside the box that he got a strong hand to. Uh, but the second goal came off a corner kick, free back post header. Going to go ahead and say there wasn't a lot Ovi could have done about either of these goals. They got the win, which is good. Uh, and he's clearly the first choice keeper. So... Interesting thing to think about here is the Finnish league does not end when Ovi's loan ends. I don't know how that'll work. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he'll stay past that because then he'll have had no offseason. Uh, so I expect his loan to end then. And, you know, come back to Arsenal for the month of July. You know, get a couple weeks off, hopefully two, three weeks off. He's a young player. You don't want him to burn out. But it's been a very, very good year for a player who... 
isn't talked about quite as much as Arthur Okonkwo or Carl Hein or, you know, even some of the other goalies still in the academy. But he's had an excellent year here. This has really been a pleasant surprise. Uh, and last but not least, Tom Smith on the bench for his first match with Colchester United. Uh, didn't feature. He'd only been there a couple days. That's expected. Hope to see him in the side soon. But a lot to look forward to. 21 players on loan. I, I do want to mention Salah Adid Ulad Mhand is made his return to football played for the academy played the second 45 minutes great to see him back on the pitch after the whole move did not work out and that's it that's everyone 21 players plus one who i just mentioned very exciting to be watching all these guys hopefully we're gonna get a marquinhos debut this weekend a taylor foron debut this weekend maybe a little bit of billy Vigor and keto taylor hart this weekend for the derby county under 21s and that's really all I can say. Thank you all so much for listening and, and interacting. And I, I honestly don't haven't said it enough on Twitter, but 12,000 followers, more than I ever expected. And those who listen to the podcast, I appreciate it very much. Please keep reaching out to me. A lot of people have been recently, you know, to ask questions. I really more answer in DMs than I do on the comments and stuff. It's just too hard to scroll through all that. And, and answer, if I start answering there, I'm, it's impossible to answer everybody. And uh, just DM me. If you ask anyone who's DM me, I respond to everybody. So if you have any questions, DM me. If there's stuff you want to hear about, specifics, DM me. On, I can talk about it on the podcast. I can answer you there. If you have any ideas of, of some people who you think would be good collabs, other accounts you'd like me to invite on here, or coaches or, or players who you think would be interesting, you know, obviously I, I don't have the reach of some of the star youth players, but... You got ideas hit me up i'm really doing this for everyone here listening so i appreciate everyone and i'll catch you next week on another episode of away from hail end